Good evening, everybody. This week is Parshas Chukas, and we're continuing with the halachas of uh, Amir Laka, meaning what are you allowed to tell a non-Jew to do on Shabbos. Now, last week, we discussed the section of Amir Laakum, which we termed the commercial part of it, which means the prohibition of having a non-Jew actually work for you on Shabbos, and that, we explained, is a problem and prohibited if he's doing, obviously, something which is Asr on Shabbos, like a malacha, if he's doing something wrong, uh, that's prohibited regardless of what you told him, whether you told him to do it, even if he does it on his own volition, even if you told him not to do it, you have to stop him because you can't have a non-Jew working for you on your payroll, doing malacha on your behalf on Shabbos. And this week we're going to move on to the more, uh, as we called it last week, the residential part of Amir Lakam, which means what you typically would tell a non-Jew to do for you in your house um, on Shabbos, you know, when is that allowed and when that is not. Now, before we get to that, there was one part which I already started talking about last week, which kind of straddles both uh, parts of Amir Lakam, and that is the common case of shipping on Shabbos. So whether you're sending something, you're overnighting it, um, Friday so that it'll arrive on Shabbos or you're doing two-day shipping which will you send it on Thursday and it arrives on Shabbos or on Yontiv or the other way around which is much more common these days especially with Amazon Prime which is you're ordering something that will be delivered on Shabbos either overnight or two-day uh, delivery on Shabbos or on Yontiv. So in that situation when you do that you really are running into both problems meaning number one the delivery service is working for you so when you fill out that label uh, or you put in your address to Amazon, it doesn't make a difference how you do it, but basically what you're doing is is you're hiring uh, UPS, FedEx, uh, you, even the United States Postal Service, whoever it is, whoever you're giving your money to so that, that they deliver on your behalf, you are hiring that company to deliver for you. Um, and that is what... That that's having an employee work for you on Shabbos or Yantiv. Now they in turn will hand it over to their own employees, but that's all you. And as you're paying them, and they pay their employees, and they all work for you. So that's one problem. In addition, there's another problem of simple Amir Lakam, very basic, that you're telling a non-Jew to do something because when you fill out a, a package label and you write deliver to this address, that's very clearly giving a command to a non-Jew to do something with Usr on Shabbos, drive a truck, fly a plane, whatever it is, deliver it. And uh, Amir Lakam, important to know, is prohibited in whatever form of communication you use, whether you talk, whether you gesticulate, whether you um, write, doesn't make a difference. Any kind of command that you give is prohibited. So both you have both problems, both that the, the guy is working for you and that you are giving directions, you're giving an order to a non-Jew to do a malach of you on Shabbos. Now, there are certain leniencies which can be applied. I'm not going to get into them, a little complicated, but the majority of cases, overnight shipping is generally prohibited. So you can't overnight something on Friday to really arrive on Shabbos. You can't order something that it should arrive by you on Shabbos. You can't send it on Friday that it should arrive by someone else on Shabbos. Um, and that is Shabbos and Yantav, that's going to be a problem. Now, sometimes there's a loss of money involved, and there's a big Shas uh Sometimes in people's businesses it makes a very big difference. A lawyer has to have something on the person's desk by Monday morning, and the only way to do it is deliver it on Shabbos, and Sunday they don't deliver it, etc. So there are certain leniencies, definitely ask a Rav, and we can see if any of those leniencies applied. But that's overnight. However, two-day shipping is an, in two -day shipping is an interesting question, 
um, because, for example, if you ordered something on Thursday for two-day shipping, that would necessitate it from to be delivered on Shabbos. Is that permitted? Now, Rav Shlomo Miller Shlita, <clears throat> the Rish in uh, Toronto, who was my Rish Kail and um, he was the head of my Kail in in um, Lakewood as well, the Beisara, uh He held that that's permitted. Interestingly enough, you can order something on Thursday or send something on Thursday for to be delivered on Shabbos. Why? So his reasoning was that as far as the company is concerned, there's really no difference to them to deliver it overnight or today. Because he says they have their planes and trucks going anyway, because they do overnight deliveries, they do next day deliveries regardless. So there's no extra work on their behalf for them to do it overnight. So if you send it on Thursday, they could have it there on Friday. The only reason they don't is more arbitrary because they want you to pay for it. They want to make money on overnighting, so they have an arbitrary difference. Our overnight is this price, and today is that price. But from their perspective, there isn't any more work involved, and technically it's very possible that they even have most of the shipping done already overnight. Like they might have already, if it's a you know a different state, they might have flown it there, so on and so forth. So his argument was that the the reason why they would deliver it on two days versus one day is just for their own benefit, not for your, not not to benefit you, um, and therefore they don't have to do it on Shabbos, and they could do it on Arab Shabbos, and therefore it's allowed. So this is a chiddush, you know, it's not simple to understand that way, and not everybody agrees with him. But he does allow two-day shipping, and he does allow two-day or, two, ordering something that on a two-day. Um, now, first of all, the important thing to realize is that this obviously won't work if it's a two-day yantiv. So if uh, Arab yantiv, you're ordering two-day shipping, and this is first-day yantiv, second-day yantiv, so then you have no heter, because both the first-day yantiv, you can't have them deliver, and the second-day yantiv, you can't have them deliver. So on a two-day yantiv, and you're ordering Arab yantiv, that's not going to help you, and that's going to be prohibited according to everybody. You can't do overnight, you can't do two-day two-day shipping. Um, and I don't, I don't suggest being lenient with this unless you really have to. If you have a real need, then you could, but otherwise it's better not to rely on this. But what's interesting to me, what I do think you could rely on is very often when you order something, Amazon Prime, and it has two-day shipping, but you really don't care for our two-day shipping. Like you're ordering it on Thursday, you don't need it on Shabbos. You're happy to get it on Sunday, you're happy to get it on Monday. Um, but the thing is, they don't always give you that option. So sometimes they do, sometimes they give you that option, you can choose to have it delivered on Monday, sometimes they don't. Sometimes that's the only option, is you can only have it delivered on Shabbos. And when that's the case, I believe then, you, then Rabbi Miller's argument is a very strong argument and it's really nothing to you. Two days, one day, uh, they can deliver it in one day, they can deliver it in two days, and you, can, as far as you're concerned, they can deliver it in four days. So when that's the case, when you don't actually want it or need it to be done on Shabbos, and they're not giving you any other option anyway, so you uh, then I believe you could rely on his svara, at least on a, on a Thursday for a Shabbos, and you can order and have something delivered. Now let's move on, and let's, uh, for a few minutes, let's talk about Amir Akam in the home. I just want to clarify one thing, re- mainly this week, and that is that when you have a, a cleaning lady, or if you have a babysitter at home, non-Jewish on Shabbos or on Yantiv, you happen to have them over, so you're paying them, right? And they're working for you. Uh, but what you pay them for are things that they're allowed to do. You pay them babysitting. They're allowed to babysit on Shabbos. And Yantiv, you pay a cleaning lady to wash dishes, to sweep the floor. We'll talk about exactly, Be'ez Hashem, we'll get to exactly what kind of things you can have her do, what things you can have her do. But in any case... Um, so you, you, she's, she's employed by you. Now you want to go and ask her to do something which is permitted on Shabbos. Let's say, uh, there's a child who left the light on in their room and they can't sleep. So you're allowed to ask a guy to turn it off directly. Okay, so you're allowed to have them turn it off for the sake of the child. So you're allowed to do that. Now you want to ask her, but the problem is she's your employee. And we just said you can't have an employee doing work for you 
on Shabbos. I just want to clarify that that doesn't apply because she's not paid to turn off lights. That's not part of her job description. Her job is to sweep, to clean, to wash dishes, to fold laundry, to do laundry, uh, whatever it is that she does. But not turning off lights, she, that she's doing as a favor. She's not doing that as part of her job description. So the, pro, the fact that she's your employee doesn't make a difference. It doesn't make it worse and it doesn't make it better. So that's an important thing to realize, that you're allowed to ask your employee to do something provided that that's not his job and it has nothing to do with uh, with his job. <clears throat> so now, getting back to, let's start discussing, and we'll go into it more at length next week, but the what it is that we're allowed to have a cleaning lady do on Shabbos or on Yantiv if we're lucky enough to have a cleaning lady to come. So sweeping is definitely permitted because it doesn't involve anything that's wrong. Now, mopping is an interesting thing because you, us, me, we are now allowed to mop on Shabbos. And it's important to understand that this is not just because there's a schita problem, you can squeeze out the water. No, there is actually an isidra banan, there's a, a prohibition against mopping, specifically. You can't mop a floor. You're allowed to spot clean, so that means if there's something falls on the floor or spills, you can clean up the spill. But to mop your whole floor, there's actually an isidra to do that. So essentially, to have your cleaning lady mop the whole floor should be a problem, because you can't have her do, and again, she's the empl- employee, you can't have her do something uh, on your behalf, that's us, sir. But here's the interesting, and this is a very interesting rule that we're going to apply. And this is what I was saying last week. They just have to remember the rules. And this is one of the rules. The rule is, is that if there is a way she could do it without doing a malacha and do her job that way, so then if she chooses to do it in a way that's us, sir, that's her own choice. So, for example, she's washing dishes. She can wash dishes with cold water and she can use a Shabbos sponge, right? So she could do that. And you give her that option, she has that option. But, obviously, it's much easier for her to wash with hot water and to use a regular sponge, and therefore she does. So she's doing the hot water and the sponge to make her job easier, not to benefit you, because as far as you're concerned, work harder and then use a cold water. So whenever, what it is that she's doing, whatever mulacha she's doing, is primarily for her own benefit, even though it's in your service, but she has another way of doing it better, and she's only doing it with a malacha because that makes her life easier, that is permitted. And here too, by mopping, she doesn't have to mop. She can walk around the kitchen, go on her, hand, on her hands and knees, and, and do spot cleaning on each spot. It's doable. I mean, assuming, you know, your whole kitchen is not black, but assuming there's just spots here, spots there, spots that. So, uh, so then, then you, she could do that. Obviously, it's much easier for her not to do that. That's why she doesn't. So that's why it's allowed. It's allowed because she's only doing it to make her own life easier, but it's not on your behalf. On your behalf, she's a way for she could do it better. And we're going to use this next week, Bezosh, when we get into it, we're going to see that this rule applies to many situations and it makes uh, the Amir Lakam aspect a lot simpler. So we'll stop with that for now.